and welcome back to uh, LinkedIn Logs, <laughs> your <laughs> business and job podcast. I'm, um, I'm your host, Chad White. Uh, this is a podcast from the website cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. I don't think I know the <laughs> anything to say <laughs> for the title of this show, for anything. I just don't know how to run stuff anymore. I've, I've become uh, insane with my lucid ideas, and uh, now I'm just rambling to see if I can fill time. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, great, I got this uh, timer going. Oh, baby, the time is wrong, though. I'm charging my phone. My watch is busted. The screen doesn't light up anymore. It's been The watch face has been popping off. You see, I cracked it a couple of months ago. This is the longest watch I've owned, my Garmin VivoActive. Uh, four. I've had it for seven years. Before that, I had a VivoActive HR, and that died. I missed three generations of that watch, and then I then I got this VivoActive four. They sold. I called them. I said, "My, I went into the pool, and my watch just stopped working. It's supposed to be. A, you can swim with these things." It was Fourth of July. I was dating a girl. Went to her friend's pool party at their apartment complex. Too many people. It died, and I was so sad. I was without a watch for about a week and some change. And then called them. They said, we will buy the watch back from you. We'll give you a discount on this new one. It was like $400. And I bought it. Can't do that now. <laughs> I doubt they'll have to let that happen again. We'll see. I'm going to call them. Yeah. I've had this for seven years. You think you think they'd buy this back? <laughs> I super glued the the face back to the thing. <laughs> it was funny. I was doing I was doing um, yoga on Sunday, and uh, it uh, it was Usher. It was it was Usher themed yoga on Peloton from Doctor Chelsea Roberts. I was getting ready for uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Just the halftime show. And the watch just, the watch face, this is the second time it happened because the week before uh, on leg day, on uh, when I was boxing, when I was boxing, I box every Thursday, no big deal. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was boxing and it fell off. I was doing some, uh, some box jumps after the boxing and it just went, and I went, what is this microchip thing on the ground? I went, oh my God, it's my watch face. <laughs> I plugged everything back in, the, uh, I, I, the workout was still going and then I, I I twisted the watch face back on. Didn't think about it. Sunday, boom, falls off. And I super glued it. <laughs> Use some Gorilla Glue. Uh, this episode's not brought to you by Gorilla Glue or Garmin. But if they wanted to sponsor, I would take that into consideration. I don't make money off this. I don't make money off of anything I do for cpluscomedy.com. I think that's what people need to understand. It's so fun. When I, when I was... Uh, in my when I graduated college and I was 21 years old, and uh, I my mom was like, "Don't tell jobs about, you know, see, don't say don't say you have any, that uh, the the portfolio thing." She called it a blog, probably. She didn't say portfolio. I say portfolio. I also don't call don't call it a blog. It's not a blog. I pay for everything. I don't say content, but she was like, "Don't don't tell them about that because." 
then they'll say, oh, he makes money from that. He'll never want to do it. But now we're in a world where everybody's got a brand and they do this and they do that. And if you don't, even if you don't have that, then they're going to be questioning you. But I tell when I do, when I do interviews, oh, when I get lucky enough to get an interview, oh my God. Oh, if a company wanted to talk to me, this is why I don't do dating apps because you have to know me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at uh, uh, pimping myself. Dating up pimping. Although I would be a good gigolo. Remember that show Gigolos on uh, Showtime? <laughs> but I'm not I'm not good at promoting myself. One, because I'm humble, as Jesus taught us. <laughs> Two, because I don't I don't need to do that. I mean, my body of work should be able to speak for itself. How many people? Just saying. I'm again being humble. It's the year. What? What in the world did this timer? Okay, first of all, that that's what was counting down. I'm doing the stopwatch. The timer. I, I just typed in timer on Google, and it just. This is insane. Okay. Anyway, now we're just doing the timer. I mean, the stopwatch. Fantastic. <laughs> it was like Chad. Time's up. <laughs> that story. Whatever you're saying is bad. But I'm I'm better I'm better at like look at my body work. How many people do you know have been doing their own thing for as long as I have? <laughs> Not as well. <laughs> and even in the midst of being told no by literally every single job in the world, <laughs> they still do it. Maybe that's the definition of being psychotic, is doing something and getting the same result over and over again. <laughs> but here I am. Here I stand. That's not your song. Listen to it. I've done. I've done. I've done a lot. I've done a lot, and uh, it's gonna have to. I, I can't wait till somebody takes notice because I swear to God, if I have to go and continue working part time jobs, I'm gonna jump out a window and not regret it. Head first. I'll be like a Assassin's Creed, except there won't be a bale of hay to catch me. And at least I will have aged better than those games. <laughs> Go back and play Assassin's Creed's one through three and tell me that they're good still. And, I tell you, and, and the day when they came out, you know, they were fantastic. But there's still some things that are hampering. Let's get to it. This is a job podcast. Why am I talking about this? Because I, I need content. Content. Mm, YouTube. Last week, I talked about CNN laying off a bunch of people, a bunch of jobs, a bunch of people. <laughs> they let off jobs. They let off a bunch of people from uh, CNN this morning, which is now being revamped into a different show, Well, which is being another early start. The 4 a.m. show is now being named CNN this morning. And then CNN um, uh, News Central, <laughs> the show I worked on, that is being moved up to 7 a.m. And then all of the jobs for CNN, what did I just say? This morning? Is that what's called? <laughs> have been moved to Atlanta. Now, I know they've been moved to Atlanta because as I was talking to my mother on the phone on Sunday, uh, I looked up, because uh, she only talks to me about jobs. So she doesn't give a hoot about anything else in my life. She's mad I got a dog. <laughs> She's mad I have a cat. <laughs> Very true. She's mad I choose to still live in the city. Uh, at an apartment complex that charges me $2,300 a month. I was working at Cartoon Network. I could afford this. 
it's very true. <laughs> um, oop, my stopwatch on my phone is still active from when I was making coffee. I'm glad I interrupted the show just to <laughs> look down at that. I felt the vibration. Oh, somebody looked at my LinkedIn profile. Things are happening. Finance specialist at Equitable Advisors. I've n- never heard of that. I don't know what that is. And I looked up, and all the jobs uh, are, are now officially posted onto the Warner Brothers workday. Eight minutes in, I'm talking about this. These jobs include the likes of um, the graphics operators, you know, the ones who run the Chirons and Lower Thirds and all that stuff, the editorial producers, associate writers, writer producers, things of that nature. Uh, I applied to, I think there were, so there were 50 jobs that were supposed to be moving to Atlanta and I've applied to, it looks like, um, one, two, why is my, never mind. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my apartment complex emailed, emailed and said, uh, last minute Valentine's Day gifts. Who are you to offer me that? <laughs> anyway, I applied to, let's see, uh, one, two, three four, five, six, and then a a seventh uh, random job. But I applied to six jobs that I I am quote-unquote overqualified for one of them. And the other ones fall within, excuse me, for two of them. And the other ones fall within the purview of, stop doing thumbs up, of uh, what, what what I've been able to do or what I've done. Now the problem with a lot of these companies is that sometimes they post ghost jobs and they already have people in mind for these jobs. I mean, the point is people in New York could, if they wanted to move to Atlanta, then they could have applied for these jobs again. I mean, they should have been allowed to keep the jobs if they wanted to move, but it's neither here nor there. This is how these companies work. So I applied to a lot of the open jobs, especially for the uh, new, the newly minted 10 a.m. show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. show, which is hosted by Jim Acosta. I assume it's the 10 a.m. show hosted by Jim Acosta because it does say 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The producer jobs, I'm right in line for. I mean, I, sh- I should be right in line for, rather. Like, it's... When looking at these, the qualifications, I do have... The, the blank amount of years, the three plus, I don't know, well, I'm not hiding anything. The three plus years of experience of news production experience. I have more than that. I have more, I have more news experience than the children they hire that went to UGA and Clemson and whatever other BS schools. And they don't have anything except for that and they're 22 years old. I have more, I have more news production experience. And then all they have, and then after that is truly just a four-year degree from college, <laughs> awareness of uh, guest panelists, political leanings, the ability to multitask. Like, come on. How am I not getting phone calls? And then there's a writer-producer, which I applied for. Now, that one's, that one's a little bit trickier. The writing I have knowledge in and I have experience in isn't technically broadcast news writing. It's digital. I have digital news writing. I've got regular writing, English writing, not English writing, creative writing. But that's, I mean, besides the two to five years of broadcast political producing slash writing, 
I've already, well, first of all, if it's a political producer, I've done that. But two to five years of broadcast writing, I've fit into everything else, proficient in the, the iNews, whatever tools they use, ability to think quick. I mean, what more could you want? I'm just, I like truly. And, and, and they have doubles of a lot of these jobs, the associate producer, writer, producer, editorial producer. So I've applied to those. And then the last one I applied to was TNT Sports Research and Insights Coordinator. Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about data, but I am willing to learn. And that's the thing. They there's a lot of places that aren't willing to teach. And you can say, oh, well, you have to do this. No, there's a lot of companies that kind of expect you to already know things that you've never done before. That's not even with just big companies. That's like with small companies, too, like this uh, uh, stupid little part time job I have. Where they're like, uh, you don't you don't know clay tennis courts, and I'm like, no, because <laughs> I don't hang out at country clubs. <laughs> now, what do you do? What I do when I fill out an application? Am I a person that constantly changes up the um, uh, the cover letter? When it comes to, I don't first. I don't think I should. I should be able to write. One or two cover letters. And I, I shouldn't have to change it up for every single job, especially if it's at the same company. If, you know, more or less, the difference between editorial producer, associate producer, and writer producer is one writes a lot. <laughs> one is producing, you know, political stuff. One is under the person that produces political stuff. It's just, it's all kind of the same mess. And it really shouldn't, whatever robot AI that they have looking at, your resume, your cover letter, it shouldn't really matter. They should be like, well, I mean, this person has got this. And, and that's it. Again, I, I've already gone over the application status of uh, Workday. But m- typically, when it says under consideration, you've already passed that part where it's the robot, the AI, the whatever, that's looking, that's scanning your documents. And all of those jobs I've applied for are under consideration. I pass, I pass all the time. All it takes from me is getting a recruiter to actually look at it. And more often than not, I don't think that actually happens. Now, here's this. On LinkedIn, they posted those jobs, those same jobs, editorial, associate, and writer, producer positions. And uh, I didn't know this. Again, I applied on Sunday. Or, excuse me, I applied on Monday. But... Sundays when I saw them. On LinkedIn, they were posted last Thursday. That's four days, four or five days. And I only saw, like, it, it'll, on LinkedIn, it'll, it'll say, like, 100 applications or whatever. I only saw four applications. For some of them, I saw none, none applications. Which means I should, at, at minimum, be one of four, one of five people now. And again, I've I know some of these recruiters. I know that I uh, I am LinkedIn connected with a lot of these recruiters. Don't want to get too specific uh, about one recruiter in particular who refuses to answer my emails and who told me that I was not qualified for a writing position, even though I definitely was. And this may or may not have happened a week and a half ago. And then when I responded to that email, this person might not have responded. Uh, and I went to their LinkedIn yesterday and they post 
minimum twice a day. Minimum. When I fill the applications, especially when it comes to workday, a lot of sometimes, not, not, not every workday, but some workday applications, uh, the Warner ones, allow you to use the last application. So I'm just doing that all the time. Uh, but, but, you, but you shouldn't, but I mean, but it, it forces you to go through the pages and still check on boxes. Like if you, uh, it, it should know I'm black by now. War, <laughs> Warner, Warner should know I'm black by now. They should know I'm a straight male and I did not serve in the military and I have no disabilities. It, you know, it's, we have all this technology. We can put an Apple vision pro on our head and, and click around with our fingers, but then we still can't get a thing of a, a, a web page to remember who we are. I'll give up cookies for that, man. I'll, I'll, I'll let them have my cookies on this website. And when it comes to, I also applied to a bunch of jobs on Vox. I've done this before. Vox never gives me a chance. Uh, this is very funny. I applied to a bunch of writing positions on for Vox, uh, which I am more than capable of doing. Let me tell you that. And an editorial producer, uh, an editor for an Atlanta-based editor. They, they're asking specifically for an Atlanta-based editor for another website. Um, a who is this? <laughs> what that is? A uh, an editor for a gaming website. Uh, and if you know Vox, then you know exactly the last two roles I was talking about. And a culture a senior editor, which I don't think I am qualified for. I'll tell you that much. For uh, culture and features. So a lot of these are most are, are writing. They're all writing roles. Um, and I know uh, in particular this uh, gaming website has no people of color because I have uh, I unfollowed them years ago because of that very distinct thing. And wouldn't it be great <laughs> to get that job after like you all you do is hire the same people that look like each other. Um, and I you know I I, I fill out I fill out the applications, but for this one in particular, you can. They use like Greenhouse. I think that's the, yeah, Greenhouse. They use Greenhouse, which is their application platform, their portal. And I applied, uh, it's, it's a very it's a very simple form. It doesn't remember anything, so you, can, you have to fill everything out. Uh, and then you can attach your resume and then, or enter it manually. And you can also attach a cover letter or enter it manually. So I take advantage of that enter manually. Usually I write something or I tweak some cover letter thing and try to make it whatever, which I hate doing. Uh, this is the only, this is the only task I use AI for, which is I'll say, please, I always say, please, my AI, please, please do this. (laughs) Please write this cover letter, uh, you know, with the following things and then please include my qualifications. And then it does, it does it. And then I tweak that. Then I post, and then I, then I'll send it into Vox or whomever is on, who's using the greenhouse platform. Uh, and then yesterday I said, you know what? I'm just going to write something from the heart. <laughs> I've been applying to Vox for years. Like, I'm not kidding, years. And I am, again, more than capable of doing whatever jobs they have there. I, uh, this is this is going to sound so stupid, but I just I just wrote, uh, hello, Vox, uh, my name is Chad White, blah, based in Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. I went, I, look, I've been applying here for years, and uh, I'm, I'm, 
I can do I can do any job. You know, I just I didn't say exactly this, but like I can do any job, blah blah. And it just sucks because I feel like you got like I've I'm always <laughs> I'm always uh, denied so quickly, and I feel like you all never look at anything and all this stuff. And I was like, I, if I given a chance, if given an interview, I, I can at least impress you in that way, because this is hard. And it, it is hard. It's hard to, to be like, uh, to, for somebody to look at you and you've done, and you have like six jobs and then you're not including 10 other jobs on your resume, uh, that, that have nothing to do with what you want to do. Uh, and, and you're, and you're just going, I've done this, please. Hello. Recognize me. You have open roles. You keep posting for the same role over and over again. Just friggin' hire me. And you know, we'll see if that pays off. I use that same. I use that same one. That same cover letter for every single one of those roles. Just pay attention. Just do it. And that's how you fill out an application. That's how I fill out my application. I uh, and I'm also I'm sick of giving them the same shit over and over again. <laughs> The same stuff. I am so sick of it. I'm not going to bleep that out because it's too much work and I want to put this out immediately. <laughs> I'm just so sick of always, uh, no, I'm not a veteran. Here are the jobs I've done. Uh, if if you ask for my jobs and there's already, like if, if I posted my, if the jobs are in the resume and then you ask me later for the jobs to fill out and then you ask me another time to fill out things, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. If it's too many, if it's too much work to apply for the job, that job's not worth it. And you might be saying, oh, you have to dig down deep and believe. No, that's BS. I don't want to do that. I shouldn't have to put in the jobs seven separate times. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy and paste from uh, from the resume or I'm just going to write down producer and I'm going to write uh, C resume. I'm not doing that again. And I don't have to. I'm not going to go just because I don't talk about my what's in my head and I'm, I'm all sad and everything, blah, blah. No, I'm just going to do that. I'm putting in the job and I'm doing it. I'm not going to post a LinkedIn about how tough my struggles are because I'm going uh, I'm I'm to stop talking. Anyway, <laughs> this last bit comes from George Salazai over at The Hollywood Reporter. Paramount's going to lay off 800 staffers as CEO unveils broad streamlining costs effort. We knew layoffs were going to come for Paramount at some point. They were they desperately tried not to get through layoffs because not get to layoffs because they wanted to sell. But they no one no one's going to be buying up Paramount. I think as a whole. I mean, if anything, just sell to um, Warren Allen. What's his name? Byron Allen. <laughs> Warren Allen. Sell to Byron Allen. He's he's the only one uh, who's willing to uh, take on that kind of debt. What was it like twelve billion dollars, something like that? He said, or four billion, something like that. Bob Backish, who you can follow on LinkedIn, uh, said there's going to be eight hundred job reductions in the U.S. and cuts abroad over time. They've already stopped producing and buying shows from foreign countries. The company had about twenty four uh, twenty four thousand five hundred employees as of its last ten k disclosure, which reflects staff count in December twenty twenty two. Unfortunately, part of streamlining costs, uh, Backish wrote in a memo, means that today we will begin the difficult process of saying goodbye to some of our very valued colleagues at Paramount. We will be notifying impacted employees who are based in the U.S. by the close of business day. This is very interesting because they just had the Grammys. They just did a gigantic Super Bowl coverage uh, uh, showcase for the past week. You know, I think Nate Burleson just got back this morning, uh, yesterday, and uh, and he was on he was on CBS this morning. Uh, they had the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon. They had the highest rated 
TV thing in the world ever at 123 million uh, viewers. It was up 7% this year. Isn't that crazy? That's a ratings record. (laughs) Bakish also wrote, there will also be impacts in some of our offices based outside the U.S., quote unquote, over time. He concluded, these adjustments will help enable us to build on our momentum and execute our strategic vision for the year ahead. And I firmly believe we have much to be excited about. I don't know what they have to be excited about. I mean, they've got the Sonic movie. They've got a, 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 a Sonic spinoff TV show starring Knuckles. And then what else? I, You know, they're, Paramount Plus is bleeding. They, they, just like Warner Brothers Discovery, are taking things off of their streaming service. They were hit just as hard uh, with the strikes as everybody else. They're finally premiering their shows this week. FBI, NCIS, everything's coming back. They don't. After Midnight is their newest show, and it truly has zero dollars to its name. <laughs> so what could they be excited about? They Part of BET is up for sale. They're shutting down MTV News. Showtime had to be merged with Paramount+. Plus. I can't see them having anything more spectacular to look forward to this year. Because if the if the Super Bowl, obviously the, the idea to lay off staffers came before the, the, like the, this coverage of the Super Bowl. But if the Super Bowl couldn't save them, if, the, if it couldn't right the wrongs, if it couldn't steer the ship, right the ship, then what is the thing that's supposed to change for them. Paramount stock is down 7% as uh, Sherry Redstone is uh, speculated to be evaluating offers to sell part or all of the media empire. And its last quarterly earnings disclosure, Paramount topped venue uh, revenue, excuse me, estimates for how much it could cost, cut costs, losses, could cut losses, excuse, Jesus, I'm dying. And its streaming unit, only losing $238 million, but faces persistent questions about whether it can scale up to compete with much larger rival companies like Netflix or Disney. I think part of the problem is uh, uh, the app is not built out and it needs also a little bit more reach. You can subscribe to ESPN Plus, for instance, and get it on Disney Plus, uh, excuse me, not on Disney Plus, on Hulu, as opposed to using the ESPN Plus app. Uh, You can also get Max on Prime. You can get Max on Hulu. Spread spread yourself. There was a point when, uh, before everybody had their own app, it was just Netflix, Hulu, and then CBS All Access became its own thing. That was so interesting because it was the quickest, it was one of the quickest growing streaming services at that point. It just, because, you know, it was middle America. People could just get CBS All Access and get access to CBS stuff as opposed to subscribing to cable. But now they're in a landscape where everybody's got an app and they have to go toe-to-toe with Netflix and Disney while also trying to fight off Paramount Plus and uh, uh, the likes of Tubi <laughs> or Pluto. Pluto T- And then they bought up Pluto TV. Whatever they're doing is not working, obviously. And they need something. And, and, and 10 years ago... 10 years ago, everything they're doing now would have made them the number three or number two studio in the world. Paramount would have been, if they had a Sonic the Hedgehog movie 10 years ago that was this good, 
this series were this good, then that then things would be changing for them. If they had, if Showtime was, I mean, Showtime was at kind of a, a peak then. If M- if MTV News was still, you know, in its '90s phase, early 2000s phase, and if BET had these uh, the same type of streaming ambitions, I mean, because they have a lot of shows and movies on BET Plus, then that would position them along with other things like alongside Paramount Network, which has, you know, Yellowstone. If Yellowstone came out years ago, if The Loud House was on years ago alongside SpongeBob and whatever shows were still pop, Fairly Odd Parents, things that were so popular back then, then they then they would have nothing to worry about. But they're st- they still have this kind of 2010, 2015 mentality when they need to look ahead to 2024. People aren't going to pay for Paramount Plus if the app is not that good and if shows and movies are being taken off and canceled left and right. But I don't have an answer there. I mean, at some, I, I, I think the tr- truly the the best idea for them right now would be to merge, or to sell things off, or to get in cahoots with somebody. Don't you know Warner, Disney, and Fox Sports? They have this new sports streaming app that's probably going to be forty to fifty dollars. Maybe you should get in line with them and say, "Hey, we can offer up some soccer stuff. This would be great." Put us in the in the run up with it, and then also you know maybe create app pairs with uh, Peacock and and Verizon and go go to Verizon and, or go to T Mobile, go to AT and T, Google Fi, whomever Mint, and say if they if if subscriber and like try to work out a deal. If subscribers for Mint Mobile are at this tier, then they get free Peacock and free Paramount Plus, or reduced pay or whatever like that. Unfortunate. The unfortunate part is, even in the world where they are mostly just a broadcast network, uh, Paramount Plus, uh, where it's mostly CBS stuff and Showtime stuff that is being touted on that, because I rarely see a lot of uh, uh, Nickelodeon and Paramount Plus uh, uh, or Paramount Network efforts on there. They they're still being compared next to Netflix and Disney Plus and Max which I think are three different monsters when compared to those, even if Paramount Plus has Showtime. Listen, if you like what you heard here, I don't know why you wouldn't, head to the website cpluscomedy.com where you can see me talk to your favorite comedians and other entertainment-based people. This, uh, this week, I will be talking to the cast of Resident Alien over on um, uh, uh, Sci-Fi. It's a fun show. I watched uh, the first season. I did not finish the second season, uh, which I did let them know in the interview. I was like, guys, listen, I fell off the second season. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you got to be honest. <laughs> guys, let me tell you, the second season, not my bag. No, I just, it's, it's different. Uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good inter- set of interviews. Check it out. You can watch a video version of those interviews under the interviews on C plus on youtube.com slash C plus comedy, where you can also see a video version of this show along with video versions of the other shows. Um, uh, uh, the constitutionals, which is the entertainment business podcast and late night lately, which is the late night podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to all these podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at C Plus Comedy. Me at Chad Black White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.